Welcome in people, this is the trophy room. Things are a little bit different today. We're sitting on the floor in my cousin's and his wife's um, bedroom. We're just sitting on the floor, chilling on the carpet because that was the only way we could get this thing to set up. Uh, we have a lot. It's honestly pretty much all the NFL today because there's literally nothing to talk about in the NBA anymore. Except for the fact the Lakers still suck, but... The NFL All-Pro list comes out, so we're talking about that. We also have, we're going to tell you what's wrong with the Colts, whether or not black coaches in the NFL is an issue, and we are going to get you ready for the playoffs that start. Either if you're listening to this on Saturday, then today, or if you listen to it after, then who knows. But the playoffs are coming, and we're going to talk about it. But as you are probably already heard, we have a new co-host today. My cousin Upis Luke Well is here keeping us strong holding down the trophy room i'm so happy because i hate sitting in my closet just doing this by myself and as you're probably going to find out oop well is literally the biggest colts fan gets a yes. chub when he hears the gets name Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. that is oop well six foot fat head in my room and i'm a married man that's all i have to say wow that's a boost, that's a boost. okay so we're gonna start with the all pro list and before we start recording you said you made a hot take about the Kelsey brothers, mm-hmm. about the All Pro list. So are they? They're both on the list, right? No, Travis Kelsey is Travis, not on the Kelsey's list. Kelsey's not Didn't on make the list. Okay, so make the take then. So I was going through the All Pro list, and I was thinking, Jason Kelsey has been an All Pro four times, and his brother, the more well known, everybody knows Travis Kelsey has only been an All Pro three times. The only players in the league right now with four or more is Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, and Zach Martin, who some consider the greatest offensive lineman of all time. I can't even believe Zach Martin is still blocking for the I Cowboys. can't believe it either. Because wasn't he blocking back when they had DeMarco Murray? Yep. yep. Boy's That's been what, here four, five he's been ever. here for so long. But legitimately, I don't know Jason Ke- Like, I don't watch the Eagles a ton. And yeah, like no one really does. Let's be and honest. Who, They're like the Colts. How often are you you're like you're not often paying attention to singular offensive exactly. Like you especially, just watch in the line of scrimmage, especially when they play the position of Jason Kelsey, which is center. No one pays attention to the center. Maybe the tackle is definitely not the center, but yeah, I think he is. Like from an all time standpoint, right now, if they both ended their careers, Jason Kelsey. I think they're both Hall of Fame, but I think Jason Kelsey at his position is better than his brother Travis. Interesting. I feel like that's hard to dispute, but only because maybe Super Bowls. I'll give you that. Maybe Super Bowls. True, Travis Kelsey, but, like, but really, neither of them's a quarterback. So unless your quarterback Super Bowls really both, doesn't and they matter. They both have one. Because mm, Jason won one with Nick Foles. With Papa Foles, the God among us. I will always. It's always gonna blow my mind. How the like the dudes that. that beat Tom Brady in the All Super Bowl? The most Bowl. mediocre quarterback. But he plays boys time. like Pat Mahomes and, and beats just murks them. them. Murks Aaron, Aaron Rodgers every year. The greatest quarterbacks ever, and then he plays <laughs> Eli Manning and twice Nick, and Nick Foles and can't beat them in the Super Bowl. It's kind of I will say this I like LeBron esque in the sense that this boy lost to the Mavericks with Jason Terry at forty years old guarding him. And the Spurs when Tim Duncan was also 40 years old. Like, he like in his prime with D-Wade and Chris Bosh. <laughs> like, think about that. Your boy, these boys rolled up 
with their white tube socks and their knee pads and pieced LeBron James, the most the most athletic human being on the face of the yes. planet. And Dirk Nowitzki literally just pieced him. That is kind of mind blowing. Okay, so so Jason Kelly's better. Jason Kelsey, we have all time better than Travis, maybe. But also, let's say this about Travis, like. Travis is not a tight end in the same way that like Tony Gonzalez was a tight end or George Kittle exactly or yeah. because Travis doesn't block he and doesn't. like you honestly I feel like in the league you have two different sets of tight ends yeah. you have blocking tight ends mm-hmm. you have receiver tight ends yep. and then you have George, George Kittle. Kittle I was and thinking the same thing it. and that's why there's I three think... categories and one of them is just yeah. George yeah. Kittle by himself because you got like the Darren Wallers and the Travis Kelseys yep. Mark Andrews, he's not terrible in the yeah. run game, but he's definitely not George Kittle. No, elite George blocker. You like, I feel like it's hard to find, and that was like the biggest knock of Kyle Pitts coming out of college was they said that he didn't like to hit people, which and didn't is like fact. To block. He doesn't. It's true. He's good. But he's like good. George Kittle's like one of the last tight ends that like really enjoys. He's dirty. Pads. That boy's dirty. He That's is what you call dirty him like rat. That. He is. Was let me see the All Pro. Was he? This does tight have, end was Mark Andrews. Tight end Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. That's not true. I if you talk to thirty two GMs, I bet more majority would take George Kittle. I think the only reason is statistics. I wouldn't even say that. I think it's just because George Kelsey or not George Kelsey. George Kittle was injured last year, mm. and he was injured this year. And as a result, like if you don't play games, you don't get points. That's true, but. I think if you took a poll in the GMs in the league, George Kittle fits any offense. Travis, like if you put, say, like take a team like Washington football team or, well, maybe not Washington, Phil- Philadelphia Eagles or the Colts, someone like that. Travis Kelsey, he doesn't fit. Like he, he would help, but George Kittle would for sure fit. Yeah, that's fair. The other question I feel like we have to ask is, like, okay, so what's his name? Aaron Donald has been on this list how many times now? I think he's like at least four, okay. maybe five. Like, is isn't it? Like, I almost feel like it's a little bit. It's bizarre that it's so commonplace that we're like, yeah, of course. Like, it's like Aaron Donald's on like, the of list. Of course, like, he's why, first team. Like, we don't even talk about the fact that he's on the list because he's on it every it's single the, it's year. The, it's the Jordan effect. Like Jor- Jordan was so good for so long. Like, why are we going to give them... <laughs> or even LeBron. Like, I'm not a LeBron fan, but... Like, they're so good for so long. It's like, well, of course they're in the MVP race. We got to give it to somebody else, or we just won't talk about them if they're having a great year. Like, we'll talk about... Like, someone like... What's that kid from the Titans? The... Um, uh... Oh, what's his name? That... The kid from the Titans that's having a good year, the D-tackle. Oh, Danico oh, Audrey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he had a... I don't know if he's on the list, but he had a good year, and people are talking about it. But Aaron Donald is... Elite and no one even. It's just like yeah, Aaron, yeah. Of course, he's won Defensive Player of the Year three, three times. times. But on that topic, I, T.J. Watt, I think is a runaway. Yeah, I mean, because you have to. He tied and would have broken the sack record. Isn't easily. that crazy? He missed two games. That's at least that's at least by two sacks. And the conversation going into the season was everybody was like, well. 
Like, are the records that we break even going to count because we played an extra game? TJ Watt tied the record, and he didn't even play a full season. And as to my knowledge, Michael Strahan played the entire season. Entire season. And TJ Watt did the same thing in, theoretically, one less game than Michael Strahan did. So, at least, minimum, he beats it by, he gets 23 and a half. Minimum. So, is, is, uh, is TJ better than JJ? I think he's better than his brother. Because he's interesting. I think he's he's more versatile. He's more athletic. That's true. Like maybe I don't. Which is do you realize how crazy of a comment that is to make though? Like there was a season where TJ Watt was literally catching corner routes in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Like I I'd say he's more versatile than JJ because I think JJ might be a better run stopper. Maybe I'm not sure. I, I have to look at the that's stats. probably true. But, but your he, bigger body. He's a D end. He's, he's not outside like, linebacker. Like that's not, yeah. That's true. There are different positions, but honestly, in the NFL right now, it's edge. D-end or outside linebacker like T.J. Watt, you're just an edge. So, I think right now, I think he's more dominant. I mean, in his career, right now, he has, and he he was drafted in 2017, T.J. Watt. He's young. Okay, guess how many sacks he has in the last four or five years he's been in the he's league. In the hundreds? He's at 72. Oh. And I'm not sure, I can't tell if this is... Entire career. I don't know if this is includes this year. I, most boys Let's don't see. even get, if they get okay. 50 in their career, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, gosh. no, this is this is including this year, okay? He has 72 sacks. He has 80 tackles for a loss. Oh my gosh, that's underrated. People, like, that doesn't happen. Four interceptions... 22 forced fumbles. That's Darius Leonard-esque. Defensive Kay. player of the year. Other candidate, I will say. And also, like, I'm glad... Because I feel like... I mean, like, this is just a principle of... Honestly, any kind of relevance. Whether it's, like, TV, right? Like, whatever you want. Like, you've got to be in a big market if you want to get recognized. Like, you don't go trade stocks in Norman, Oklahoma. Like, you're going to New York City. Yeah. So when you don't play in the big market, like you don't always get big attention. Yeah. But Darius Leonard, I don't know that they. It doesn't like they obviously didn't set this up as like middle linebacker, Will linebacker, yeah. Mike linebacker, whatever. But Darius Leonard is on the list as first an All team. Pro first team, which he is certainly deserving of. But like, like who else are you gonna put? Like he is a turnover machine. Like he has. Oh um, yeah. He is a didn't the Colts – the Colts at one point, either they finished the season this way or they – I can't remember. I think they Didn't they leave – yeah, yeah, didn't they leave the league? the league? I don't know after after that the Jaguars, trash – You mean the Carson Wentz the game? The Carson Wentz game where we, we he literally blew the game and our, all our DVs were on the sideline injured. But we, at, before that game, led the league like by a long shot in turnovers. And second place was, I think, Dallas with Trayvon Diggs with literally 1,000 interceptions. So. so, linebackers, we have Micah Parsons, Darius Leonard, and then this is the one I feel like surprises people because I feel like like linebackers, to a lot of people, isn't like a sexy position. It's not a sexy and position. so, like, you just kind of go with whoever the media says is really good. And so, like, when we hear linebacker, we think Bobby Wagner yeah. or Demario Davis, and neither one of those guys on are on the, the list. Team, and the yeah. third guy on the first team is. Devondre Campbell out of yeah. Green Bay. And I'm not sure if I 
I'm not sure if I love it. I don't know Devondre Campbell super well, but... But I also feel like, like who else, who else besides Micah Parsons and Darius Leonard, who else are you for sure putting on the list? Because, I mean, there's... Fred Warner's good, but he can be inconsistent. I yeah. wouldn't consider him first team. He has put first team potential. Yeah. Um, Bobby Wagner had a, he had a good year, not a great year. I like in. That's what I'm saying. That's like, the thing. I think. Who else are you gonna put? I, I I really I genuinely don't know. Like they got that right, and then you have so yeah, tight end. You have Mark Andrews, and then Justin Jefferson feels like he got snubbed from the first team on this list. I mean, Wide receivers, we got Devontae Adams, which to me, that's like not disputable. That's, he, he is, statistically, Cooper Cup might be the best. I mean, that boy is on God mode. But, it, like, if I'm picking wide receivers, like, if, if I got first pick of wide receivers, I'm taking Devontae Adams. And then Cooper, like, I think Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, I think that's, they got that 100% right. I don't, like, are you going to put Justin Jefferson above them, boys? No, that well, and that's what I'm saying is I think the only person that you could potentially um, give that to, or the only person you could potentially take, because like if you if you want to put Justin Jefferson on, you got to take somebody off, and right? You, and you're not taking off Cup. You're not taking off Cup because you won the triple crown. First of all, I don't think people realize how, how unbelievable these are. The three other people who have done that. The was last there, time was in 2005. Was it Randy Moss? I'll give you I'll give you three guesses just to guess any of the three guys on the okay. list. You mean Randy Moss? No, Randy Moss is not on the list. Antonio Brown? And Tony Brown's also not on the mm, list. Okay. I got one the more. The go. Jerry Rice. Okay, Jerry oh Rice is on the list. Jerry Rice did it in 1990 with the 49ers. <laughs> the next guy to do it after that was Sterling Sharp, oh, Shannon's brother, Shannon, your boy, bro. the LeBron lover. At undisputed. At undisputed. Sterling Sharp. Did it in '92 with the Packers, and okay. then Steve Smith did it with the Panthers. Now I think Steve Steve Smith he kind of gets forgotten the history. Oh yeah, like he's like when we were. I mean, not that we're super old, but growing up, like yep. that was kind of like tail end of his career. I mean, he was elite. I he feel was, like he was almost like AB before. He AB. was AB before B. He wasn't super big. He wasn't. He wasn't DK Metcalf nope. or just a spe- or maybe um. Like a Stephon Diggs type, Antonio yeah. Brown, like not. not but he was it, like a little bit smaller. He was a little bit smaller, but ball skills and route running was just like elite. Elite. So yeah, Cooper Cup's the first person. The only like to me, there's like certain stats where the group is so small that if you also accomplish it, like you're pretty much guaranteed Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. And all them boys, it was on. I didn't know Sterling Sharp got the triple. I crown. didn't either. I, like that really kind of blows my mind. But I mean. Cooper Cup dang near won MVP as a wide receiver. Exactly. So, I mean. Like, to lead, especially, like, it's not like we're at a shortage for receivers, wide receivers. Like, now, like, every team's got, I mean. Everybody's got a thousand yard receiver. Everybody does. Like, almost. Yeah. I think. Mike Evans hit a thousand yards. I, I mean, heck, the, I think basically every receiver on the Bucks got a thousand yards dang near. Except for maybe A.B. didn't play a lot, but. He honestly probably hit a thousand yards even. Uh, with the exactly. injuries. But Chris Godwin, I think he got to 1,000 before the injury. Okay, let's see. Yards. Let's see how many boys got 1,000 yards. I think yards. we got at least 15. At okay. least. There are. Okay, so the bottom, the lowest level. Let's see. I think he's the lowest on the list. Okay. Marquise Brown somehow made it to 1,000 yards. So that's <laughs> Most one. Most mediocre wide receiver in the league. Jalen Waddell got 1,000 yards. Elite. I, he's a... 
People don't talk about him no, much because of Miami, and he needs to get up out of He there. needs a quarterback, he needs to get which Deshaun they don't have. And they don't, they don't have a coach either, and exactly. the ter- their ownership is not good. Grass. So then you have Kyle Pitts, that's or that's three is Kyle Pitts. Mike Evans hit it. Brandon Cooks hit it. That's five. Hunter Renfro hit it. Oh Terry McLaurin. He's elite. He's a good young star. Darnell Mooney. <laughs> Michael Pittman. Pittman. T. Higgins. CeeDee Lamb. Chris Godwin, Travis yeah. Kelsey, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, DJ Moore. Uh, let's see. I think see. it's a fatty list, honestly. Dude, it is. And then you have Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Mark Andrews. Yeah, dude, Mark with Andrews. 1,300 yards oh receiving. Gosh. And then Tyreek Hill, uh, or, and then Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. And, I, like... I could understand because, like, uh, we were saying Justin Jefferson was complaining that he was snubbed from the list. And, like, to be fair, he did get 1,600 yards receiving. But also, like, the two people he's basically competing with is Jamar Chase, who didn't make first team all pro. Debo Samuel did. The thing is, Debo Samuel's basically the MVP of, of that, that entire team. team. If you take Debo Samuel away, they no way in hell they make the playoffs. No. They're a six-win team, maybe. Isn't it... I remember when he came in the league and I remember seeing his body type and I was like, like, he just doesn't look like a wide receiver. he's got big shoulders. And big legs. Big legs, bro. Like, he's not... Like, he's like a condensed version of like DK... This is what he is. He's a condensed version of Derrick Henry that can catch a ball, which Mm -hmm. is scary. So listen to this stat. Okay. He yards after catch... Averaged Debo. Debo yards after catch ten point two. That's every that's time an he entire first down. Every after time you catch he catches the ball. the ball, that's first down. If he catches screen, first down. Like tell me that isn't an insane stat. Like he didn't get snubbed because Debo Samuel. Like if he just lined up at wide receiver, like every play, he's getting maybe two. Like he yeah. might be competing with Cooper Cup because he got so many. Touches. I think he was top in the league in touches. Or he had up. 77 catches, but that's not including all of the times he ran the yeah. ball out of the backfield. Yeah, which is a lot. And so, like, Justin, Justin, like, you honestly shouldn't even feel bad. Because the other thing is, who else do the Raiders, like, the 49ers have literally no one else to give the ball to. Yeah, so, literally, you just hyper-focus on Debo Samuel, and he still goes off and gets everything. Yeah. And also, I will say this, Justin Jefferson's stats are a little inflated just because of the loss of um, Adam Thielen. That's true. Like, they are, like, he did get him, like, I'm not saying that, but they are inflated because another guy who, I think Adam Thielen, I mean, he's a Pro Bowl receiver. I don't know if he's ever been all pro, but he's a Pro Bowl receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's a number one receiver easily. Wasn't even there. But that also means that he (coughs) did get more attention on him, so, I don't know. And so then, like... Is it because this first team All Pro quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, and like honestly, I don't know. I wish that there was some way that it was easier to give the MVP to a different position because I think this year you could give it to Jonathan Taylor or Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup or even Debo Samuel. Exactly, and honestly, Cooper Cup makes a lot of sense because like the seven picks, seven of the eight picks that Matt Stafford threw 
only one of them was to Cooper Cup. That's the crazy stat. And Cooper that. Cup gets the ball more than anybody else, which basically means if like it's a high percentage throw to throw to Cooper Cup. Yeah, th- which is just a testament to his route line. Exactly. So that's like makes me feel okay. Well, we're probably not giving the award to Jonathan Taylor, even though we probably should be, yeah, because there's nothing him, he can't do. Nothing. Like, tell me one thing he can do as a running back. He's, I mean, there's a reason he's first team running back. Yep. Who was this? Who was the second team? I didn't. Even know. And if if people don't know, like first team All Pro, like. There's three wide receivers on it, but there's only one running back. Like, they don't give you two. They only give you yeah, one. Dude, and and look, he's number one dude, on it. no, but look at the second team. Look at this. Second team. No selection. What the, What does what that the even heck? mean? Oh, well, it might mean. You know what honestly might mean? He got all the votes. It was, un, it was undisputed. Undis- no, probably was. It was completely unanimous. Because, I mean, who else are you going to? The only other one that you could do, but he was injured the whole year, is... Dehan, Dehan, the king himself. It is kind of nuts to think about how many yards he got, and and he didn't even play. Like I think it was like ten games. I think he was still second in the league to Jonathan Taylor, like three or four weeks after After, he was injured. Because really, up until that point, it was those two, and everyone else was not even exactly. Like there's levels to this. Like the third and the fourth best running back aren't even. Well, maybe I'll give Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb. They're in that echelon. But Jonathan Taylor and Darius Leonard, I mean, Dar- um, Derrick Henry. Uh, Henry, they carry teams. Like Nick oh, Chubb, yeah. like he, like you can, he also has Kareem Hunt, who's a stud. And yeah. I, I love Nick Chubb. And Christian McCaffrey, my knock on him, he's just injuries. But I, he's a generational talent as well. This is nuts, dude. Derrick Henry was one, what two, like three, sixth, four, seventh? five, six, seven, eight. He's still top 10, and he only played half the season. Who, who did he beat? Who was the 9 and 10? Okay, so the guy at, after him, Damian Harris. The guy after that, Melvin Gordon. Guy after that, Austin Eckler. But I do like He's a fantasy god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, Eckler, they're in such a passing offense with maybe the yeah, best yeah, yeah. young. He's the best young talent Herbert is I've oh, ever yeah. seen. I mean, he It's like is. a disgrace, honestly, that they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's Brandon Staley. Kind of effed I can't... No, Brandon Staley, out. if you don't... I was watching... We were both watching the game. Yep. I wanted to text you when I saw that. I was like, what the heck is he doing? Don't call it... T-. They were no. literally... Vic... Like, they were literally gonna... They... Because if you're watching that game, like, you can't feel any way differently other than that you know that they... Like, they ran the ball two times and they didn't call a timeout. And if you... Like... You ha- and my other issue with Brandon Staley calling timeout is you have the second worst rush Run, defense yeah. in the league. So it doesn't even matter. It literally doesn't and even matter. And you knew they were going to keep running the ball. You know the they're going to run the ball, bro. So why, and you're just outside of field goal range, as soon as you called that timeout, he you said, let them know, hey, we're going to try and win this thing. When they were offering you a peace offering. They were offering of, you a peace offering. Yep, and you were going to tie that game, and you were both going to go to the playoffs, and you shot yourself And here's the, the thing, foot. if Justin Herbert goes to the playoffs, good. Goodness gracious, you're going to see a show. Yep. Did Did you see what he did in the fourth quarter against the Raiders? I mean, that was... I've never seen anything like that. What was it 60 something t- 67 times he threw the ball? I mean... And oh like four God. straight fourth, fourth down downs. completions. Oh and that one across the middle to Mike Evans. Yep. Oh my gosh. And the touchdown. The touchdown, the touchdown dude, was... How much zip was on that it's football, It's a bazooka. Dude. It was, his arm is a straight bazooka. It was literally Harry Houdini. The ball left his hand, disappeared, went through a wormhole of space and time, and just appeared yeah. in the stomach of Mike Williams in the back of the end yeah. zone. 
I that know. was nuts because that was, when you throw over the middle like that, you got so many people. You got to yeah. whip that ball. And that was, if you go back and look at that, that was actually good zone coverage. Oh yeah, like like the corner was playing. Yep. Outside leverage, and he comes in, and like his arm was there, yep. and then whoever it was, I think it was the the outside linebacker or the safety. I mean, they were that was as tight a window as you can get. And you had Max Crosby, who leads the, the league, league in, in quarterback hurries with a ninety eight. He is ninety eight. He's underrated. No oh, one talks so about him. He's underrated. underrated. I honestly, I put him in the conversation for defensive. I don't think he wins, but he should be in the conversation. And honestly, like, like because to me, he's. Probably he's not the most talented pass rusher. No. Like Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, so, Miles Garrett. Like Locke, all the guys are more talented yeah. than Max Crosby is. But he's, he's just more crazy. Re- he's, he's so crazy. scrappy, dude. He's just but, relentless. He just wants to eat yeah. quarterback. Dude, he's he does embody like the Raiders. Like he's a yes. Raider through and through. Yep. And also on the topic of Raiders, I look, I was not a Derek Carr believer. I thought I think he looks like a trash man, to be completely fair, but he was Elite. You feel that way before or after he snubbed the Colts <laughs> from going to the play. Don't talk about that. <laughs> Literally. <coughs> I thought he was elite the a couple games before that, but I think they lose this first round. But he, his trade stock is going to be huge. When does Derek Carr become a free I don't agent? know, but I want the Colts to pick him up because he... Literally put a team of with a terrible. If you take Max Crosby off that defense, they're really bad, and. Darren Waller was injured almost the entire when when we played him. Darren Waller was injured. The best receiver was in jail. Was in jail, and then Darren Waller is their legit number one. Harry Ruggs in jail, and then they go to what's his name? Um, Zay uh, Jones or Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. The Hunter, boy with the hairline looks like he walks straight out of, of BYU. Exactly. Yeah, this boy's from BYU. He's from Provo, Utah. He looks like the type of guy that Bill Belichick is mad that he didn't he draft. He didn't draft, which he should. That's the one guy he should have That would have been probably his greatest skill position draft of all time. <laughs> of all time. Yeah, Bill Belichick, not the best GM. Nope. I'll say that. Speaking of GMs. Okay, so... Literally everybody got fired the other day. Everybody got fired. Everybody got fired. Mike Zimmer was fired. Your boy Joe Judge was fired. Thank goodness. Brian Flores was fired, and I don't know why. I think I got a hot take on that. And then Cooley was fired, and then... Oh, yeah. I mean... Vic Fangio was fired. Yeah, it was time Vic Fangio goes out. Okay, so before we talk about, like, race coming into the conversation, give us just your take on the coaching firings from this past week. Here, Here we go. I... Joe Judge, the Giants were a laughing stock. Like, I will True. say, absolute laughing stock. And Joe Judge, last season, it looks like they, trajectory-wise, it looks it looked like he had him turned around a little bit. And I was, I, I wouldn't say I was a Joe Judge believer, but I thought he at least deserved a couple years. And this year, now granted, he had Jake Fromm, the GOAT, as his quarterback. But they were, it was laughable how bad they were. You know and you- like, they won, was it five games? But it was... The Jaguars are significantly better than them, and they won three. And I, if and they Lions, pay their and, boys way less. And they pay, and here's Lions. I take the Lions over Giants any day of the week. Really? Oh, dude, the Lions. Because if you look at this, is the thing. So the Giants, Joe Judge, six straight games of losses of double digits of ten or more. Six straight of ten or more. And the thing is, in the NFL, you can really keep the games within a touchdown or so. Any given Sunday. Any dude. given Sunday. And here's the thing, Detroit. I, if you, I mean, it took 
the greatest field goal kicker to make the greatest kick of all time yep. in Justin Tucker. And also, they got some calls. Should have beat the Ravens. Yep. And they beat the Cardinals. Yep. And they should have beat the Steelers. They yep. tied with the Steelers. Like, the, the quality of wins of the Lions is so good. And beat the Vikings, another quality team. So, like, and they were in every game. You can say what you want about Dan Campbell. Like, I like him. He's He's kind of got high school... Just like wrestling coach vibes, but like just you crazy. know, he loves. He loves the, and he they loves will, football. He didn't dude. lose the locker room. They might no. have lost a lot, but they will go to war for that. And they have actually nobody and they nothing to no lose. One. Yeah, nothing to lose. Like, do they even have a single Pro Bowl? I don't even think they have. A I pro don't bowl think on so. They do. They don't. Because, yeah, their no. best player was honestly probably Amon Ross St. Brown. Well, DeAndre Swift. That's is, he, true. He's a good run, but he was injured for a long time. Exactly. Year. But he's a quality quarterback. But and they need to get rid of Jared Goff. Okay, so you made an interesting comment the other day, and I won't even steal your thunder, but just about like the coaches that it seems like all end oh, up yeah. being successful, and the coaches that don't end up being mm. successful. Yeah. So like, if you look at the last coaching hires, like Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur, all these boys, um, uh, Shanahan, Kingsbury, Kingsbury, all these boys were one thing they have in common. Offensive coaches, Frank Reich. Like, yeah. I, I'm a Colts boy, but Frank Reich, he's an offensive yes. guy. And look at the um, coaches that didn't work out. Vic Fangio, Joe Judge. Um, who? What's another defense? Brian, Brian Flores is a defensive guy. I think he's a good coach, but yeah, he did I get fired. I think that's an anomaly. That I think that's an anomaly. But, it, like, Vic Fangio especially, like, that is a good roster. Yeah. Like, with an average quarterback. Good roster with the average quarterback. Yep. Should they honestly should have made the playoffs with that roster? Yep. And their offense was just so lethargic. So like to be successful in this league right now, you have got to hire an offensive quarterback, an, an, an offensive head coach. offensive head coach, unless you have someone like a, a Mike Tomlin or Brian Flores. But yeah. Bruce Aarons, he's also another offensive yep. coach. Like, but but I mean, even still, like the Steelers aren't that good. The Steelers this aren't year that either. good. Yeah. And the Seahawks the same way. Seahawks, they got a defensive Pete coach. Carroll, that I think he should get fired. He should be because Pete Carroll's whole thing is like he built the Legion of Boom. Like he's the defensive guy. Yeah, and their defense is they have the what one of the worst defenses in the league, worst passing defenses yeah. in the league. Yeah, but like if you think about, oh, I will say this: the the greatest coach of all time is a defensive savant. True. But he's we won't even talk about. No, him. yeah, because we all know who I'm talking about exactly. too. Exactly, lives over there in New England. But, dude, like the especially the last the latest like ten coaching hires, Sean McVay, Sean McDermott, also another offensive yep. guy. Like all these, like uh, that was like eight guys. Yep. And the ones that didn't work out, all defensive. Food for thought there. So if you're if I'm Minnesota, Mike Zimmer, another defensive coach, get him out of there. You got yep. elite offensive weapons wasted with Mike Zimmer's system. If I'm the Vikings, I'm going out yeah. and I'm getting an offensive. Guru, I don't even care who it is. Take it from somebody. Uh, go find an offensive coordinator and sign that boy. It almost makes you wonder if like Eric Vieniemy, Eric like, Vieniemy, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if if I'm the Vikings, I'm going after him with everything I got. Because I mean, he is an offense. I mean, he with Andy Reid, maybe the greatest offensive mind yep. ever. Yep. Like, so that's my take on it. Okay, so you bring up Eric Vieniemy. And this is like, if if you've watched, like if anyone has watched, like if you, 
I literally, like, I could not watch anything from, like, the hours of 3 to 5 today because every channel I watched on ESPN, literally the first conversation was, there's not enough black coaches in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And then I lost my mind when Max Kellerman decided he oh, needed, he said, thanks, I want to just, Max. he said, I want to speak to white people. I need to address the white people Stop here for it, a second. Max. I'm like, Max, first of all, shut your mouth. You don't speak for us. Max, and, we don't accept you. Nope. You, like, you can have, you can be whatever you want, you, but you are not with you're us. You're Max Kellerman, but. Yep. You're not white, bro. Like, like I don't, and I don't even like. I genuinely like. I don't like if someone wants to mention like that. There's a disparity. Yes. Like, I'm okay to like yep. listen to that. Yeah. But as soon as Max Kellerman starts saying like about white people and oppression things like that, like I just really don't see it in the league because and he has no credibility. He has to zero speak credibility. On He's because, a boxer. Because we would both agree. Like both of us, I would listen to even though I don't always agree with him. I will always listen to Emmanuel Acho because yep. like. The I love way that, that he looks at things, I'm like, I don't I always enjoy, agree with I enjoy, it. I enjoy listening to Emmanuel But I, I respect it. I respect him a and lot. And then Marcellus, Marcellus Wiley, Wiley. the GOAT. I usually always agree with Marcellus yeah. Wiley. But both of them, I think that's the best no, that's talk the show. best sports talk that, show Yeah, that's on the best TV. sports talk show. And the, the fact show, that it's yeah. at in the afternoon is a crime against it humanity. It should be like in the, the morning, right before they, Undisputed. It should be. If you took that show and put it on... In like in first takes time slot and gave it the same budget that first take has. Ugh. That would be the most successful sports yeah. talk TV show ever. And guess what? Two black guys and I love it. Yep. That's my that's my favorite talk yep. show, like that. And I can't I can't stand first take right now. Like the only guy on first take I like Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark. Those are my only two that I genuinely like to listen to. Yep. And then Greeny, but first take is down the tank. So. So on speak so Marcellus Wiley and Manuel Acho were having the conversation today like if there needs to be more black coaches in the NFL. Uh-huh. So this is the argument that's being laid out and the argument probably everyone's hearing. That you're starting off with hearing, "Oh, well the league is 70% color and there's only one black head coach." So first of all, let's let's break this down and let you know they're lying to you. Uh-huh. In o- lying of omission because yeah. they're telling you that there's only one black head coach, but the league is 70% of color. But if you think about how many coaches of color there are, mm-hmm. there's more because you have the Raiders head coach, you have Ron Rivera. So I'm not saying like it's a 100% significant yeah. difference, but I am like they're lying to you. And they're doing that intentionally yeah. to make you say, oh, why is it 70 and yeah. then 1? To just promote. Exactly. You know. So first of all, they're lying to you there. Second of all, something. oh, also the Raiders head coach. What's exactly. his name? Exactly. Or interim head coach, yep. whatever his name is. He's like he's good. I mean, he took a uh, decimated Rick team. Rick Basaccio. Yeah, I think he did a great job this yep. year. And the and the players love him. Love him. And I have no problem with him keeping <sighs> oh, that yeah. head coaching job. I think I think if especially if they win, they should no yeah. doubt keep him because because like you had John, John Gruden, Gruden. He's, he's not coming back. And honestly, Joe Gr- like John Gruden, he was. A mediocre coach that had one great season and yep. was just so outspoken that people just, oh, he's amazing. But really, mediocre at best. So those are the stats they want to give you. Here's the stat they don't want to give you. Okay, so first of all, and I don't know why anyone who's making an argument that there aren't enough black coaches uses this, but do you know, I don't know if I told you this, maybe we, had to, maybe we talked about this before, do you know out of the 32 head coaches in the NFL, do you know how many of them played in the NFL? And I know, I don't know. Six. Really? So it's not like so. If you want to say almost seventy percent of the NFL is black, th- or that statistic doesn't matter because successful coaches don't come necessarily from playing from, exactly. And even the the savants of the game, yep, like 
like the Joe Montanas or any, any of yep. those Brett Favre, not any of these savants, like they're not going to coach. Um, uh, Peyton Manning, could that boy coach? Be offensive coordinator? Probably. Yeah, he, he had a high school. Yeah, like he like, and the thing is, a lot of players they don't want to coach. No. They want to relax yep. and do something else with their life. They. The National Football League is stressful as it is. Yep. And those guys, like... What's the name of the Cowboys tight end who just retired? Who was like... I think he played for the oh, Raiders. Oh, Witten. Witten. Jason, Jason Witten. Witten. I watched an interview with Jason Witten the other day. He coaches in high school. Yeah. Guess what? He won one game yeah. all season. And guess who else? Phillip Rivers. Just because you play in the NFL... Doesn't mean you can coach. It doesn't... Exactly. And, and, and to that, some might say, like... Well, still, like, there's not a lot of black head coaches. There's, like, if you look at the whole United States population as a whole, okay? And then, th- like, this isn't even any form racist. Like, there is significantly more it's, white people. It's 13% of America is black. Exactly. So, if And you, we're not even taking that into account because half of those are women. Yeah. So 7% of America is black men. Yeah. And then white men, what is it, probably 35%? Sure. Something like, we'll say 35%. Even if we just said 30. So Even if we just said 30. 60% is white and half are men and half are women. Yeah. And like, that would the statistics would add up in the NFL. Exactly. The st- if we're taking out that 70% of NFL players are black, which is awesome. Like, yep. that's great for them. Like, yeah. I... Sweet. I, I don't really care. What I really the don't care. Like, I, I really genuinely don't care. Like, no. if you if you can ball, come to the league, mm-hmm. bub. I don't care what you are. If you're Asian, what white, Mexican, I don't really care. Exactly. But like the statistics would add up. So I really now look. There was three head black head coaches as of one week ago. Exactly. One. And there's about Brian to be Forrest Brian Forrest is getting get a job. job. He is a great coach. Yep. Like he took a. Medi- a bad quarterback. Yep. And a decent defense. I mean, Xavier Howard's good. They got some good pieces, but but like on offense, they literally have nothing. They got Jalen Waddle, Mike Jacecki, but yeah. it doesn't Gusecki's help when you have a quarterback who literally drops back and just throws and then loses the ball. Look like yeah. it's Jake Fromm. Looks like Jake Fromm. But this is the other quote that this is the other statistic people are not giving and. I don't have a problem with people making the argument that there need to be more black coaches. I don't. I, I don't ever think breaking it down to race and breaking it down to us and them is ever a smart way to start it's not any healthy. conversation. It's not healthy. Because to me, like it's like like I don't ever look around and say, Oh well, why are there no white DBs in the league? There's yeah. not any because white boys just aren't that fast. And like well that and you can go into if you want to go into the why of that exactly perfect that's awesome but like it doesn't and and I'm not black so maybe I just don't know but like to me it's not that important to break it down by race here's the other statistic that people aren't giving out of the last 140 coaching vacancies over the last two decades 140 okay guess what percentage of those guess how many of those were filled by black head coaches I don't know give me like. 10, 15? 20%. 20%. So one in every five of those was filled by black head coaches, so, which is more than the 6% that we're saying is of all Africa or the whole country yeah. is black men. So again, I don't have a problem with having the conversation. No, I don't really think it's healthy. This is, I mean, th- th- this is why, like, I, we were having this conversation about business before. Business is a microcosm of everything else that happens. Yeah. I think business and capitalism is just the perfect form of system that works in yeah. the world because the market decides is, everything. The market decides everything. Yeah. It is survival of the fittest. It yeah. is like 
So everybody wants to complain that the Houston Texans fired David Culley. First of all, it's everyone's acting like, oh, he exceeded expectations. They won four games. Exactly. Now, and second of all, like, why are we looking at the Houston Texans as an example of what we're supposed to like, do? We're looking at the Houston Texans saying, oh, well, why'd they do that? Because the Houston Texans are stupid. They have a terrible, like, terrible front office. Let's not look at their decision-making and yeah. say, wow, it should have been good, but it's not. Like, they, they are they make, they make consistently poor, bad decisions. Exactly. So to say that that is an anomaly <laughs> is like, no, we knew that was exactly what you're getting at. And look, everyone, like David Coley was not their first choice. No. No one wants that job. In fact, the only reason they hired him, and this is terrible to say, but this is the reason they hired him. Because the reason Deshaun Watson was pissed at the Texans, do you remember why? Yeah, black head coach, Because, well, I don't even know if it was a black head coach. He was upset that they didn't talk to him about getting the head coach. I really think, and this is like, again, a disgrace to the Texans, so you shouldn't be upset that they make poor decisions. They only hired him because he was black. Yeah. Which, to, Which is, is a little bit of a slap in the that's face. That's a slap in the face. If I'm David Coley, like he's a, he's an all. I've heard he's a real yeah. good guy. Yep. I, like I've heard good stuff about him. Not yep. didn't do a great job this year as head coach, but heard he's a good guy yep. and got literally nothing against him. Yep. Nothing. But if I'm him, I would be a little mad about. I wouldn't, might not have even taken the job. Exactly. So let's not pretend like the the Texans are just the staple for poster child yeah. for good decisions in the NFL. Yeah. Consistently like, bad. They're decisions. not. So, like, whatever whatever issue you have with black coaches in the NFL, again, we're talking about market, business. The market decides. Like, if you are the best at your job... Then you then will get a job. Exactly. Like, you like legitimately will get a job. Exactly. That's what and the market if, is efficient. And if you're the best at your job and a company decides not to hire you, that is their... Like, that's, that's their, their problem. problem. And that's their fault because you're going to eventually... Get a job somewhere else where you're going to succeed. Yeah. Example, Brian Flores. Exactly. But on that point, I have – I think we did – I did mention this to you. I've heard whispers about um, uh, Harbaugh. Going to Miami. About Harbaugh. From Michigan to Miami. Because he's a Michigan guy? The owner is a Michigan guy, and he applied for that – Coaching job before didn't get it, and but they they wanted him, but he it didn't work out to the Dolphins. To the Dolphins, and I think I mean, look Harbaugh, I think he's a real good coach, and that's the only reason why I think if they would have had to know or have a really good thought process that they're going to get Harbaugh, if you're going to let go of a really good coach like that, so Ryan Flores. What I've heard is that, and this goes into that, but I've heard and read that Jim Harbaugh. So let's start here. I've heard Jim Harbaugh holds a grudge like nobody else. Like when you piss him off, he doesn't ever forget about it. Mm. So he was really pissed at the people of Michigan when they make him made him take a pay cut because to to their extent, like he hadn't beat Ohio State before this year. And so Michigan came in and said basically like, hey, look, we want you, but you're not producing enough to the point where we feel like you're worth this much money. So you're going to take a pay cut. So what I've heard is in spite of there's a lot of people who, like nobody like even the the most well dialed in NFL reporters like Albert Breer and uh what whatever the guy's name is for ESPN Adam, Schefter, Adam Schefter the god they don't they even they have been asked and they have no idea like nobody knows yeah, what Jim Harbaugh is doing but what they are saying is what Albert Breer was saying is that Jim Harbaugh is pissed that they did that. He's still holding this grudge. I mean, he's either he's gonna play this narrative and he's either gonna leave to go to Miami or he's gonna use it as leverage to to get get more more money. money. Which I mean he does deserve. Like he beat Ryan Day in Ohio State. And you lost to the national champions in the playoff and maybe the greatest defense we've ever seen. Yeah. 
with legitimate like four first round draft picks just on the defense. Yep. So, and you like that's not a shit like Bama lost thirty three to eighteen to him. Yep. So like it's not like you lost a sin if you lost no. to Cincinnati. Okay, that'd be a problem. Like that'd be a problem. Like Michigan, you should beat Cincinnati yep. handily, in my opinion. But, you beat Ohio State and you got to the playoffs and you lost to one of the greatest defenses of all time all in the same season and you won the award for best offensive line yeah. in college football. So Which, like Big Ten, that's that's like that means a lot. That honestly. means a lot. Big Ten, that's that's literally Midwest. That's offensive line city. Yep. Like Nebraska, Iowa. Wisconsin, Notre those, Dame, those big corn husking boys, big corn husking boys, down there on the farm in Indiana. That's right. So Jim Harbaugh, maybe to Jacksonville. What I've heard about Brian, because I think like a lot of people, again, back to black head coaches. Everybody's pissed that Brian Flores lost his job. Here's the thing, though. Like I remember, so Luke and I used to work for this company, and I've talked oh, about gosh. it before. But we used to work for this company. And if you know us, then you know what it was. But I won't say it, like, publicly just because I don't want to raw dog anybody. But, like, the first day Luke showed up for work, we're literally digging rocks in Utah in the hot as hell sun. Desert. shoveling rocks. Like, there's no dirt here. And we couldn't even use shovels. You were picking them up, throwing them to me 12 feet to your left. And we were... We pickaxing, and we had to deal. We had to dig this fat hole to put a tree in. Anyway, and Luke's first day, our boss rolls up to us while we're sitting there in the hot as hell sun, and goes, "Welcome to hell, boys." Yeah, like it was that bad. It was. Anyway, the reason I tell this story is because right now, like everybody knows, I work at BYU TV. Again, I'm not on air or anything, but like it's one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. And it leads to something else in my career. But the reason I got that job is because I was working for this other company. And that company went under. Yeah. And I had got let go. Because there was nothing left for me to do there. Mm -hmm. And so, like, sometimes you get let go right before your best job. Yeah. And and with Brian Flores, Miami is a, a bad situation. Like, he maxed out their potential this year in, what was it, 10 games, 9 games? With a quarterback that he didn't want. He didn't want him. He wanted Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. So if I'm him, I'm going any... Like Jacksonville? I'd go to Jacksonville. If I'm Brian Flores... That honestly is not a bad move either. Like Trevor Trevor Lawrence and... You saw it like... They beat good teams. Yep. See what they did to Indy, to my Colts. Saw what they did to the Bills. Like, I mean, they have potential on that. They got two good backs. Their receiving court is not bad. Like, they've got Chanel. Like, it's a bunch of number twos, but it's not bad. And oh, still, I still believe in Trevor Lawrence. I think I he, do too. Like, there's flashes like that indie mm-hmm. game. Like you saw what he could. Like, granted, yeah. that was a depleted secondary, but but still, man, the, he played well. That touchdown pass in the third quarter was, where he rolled out to the right side and hit it in the back some, of the end that zone. Was some mag- that was some Justin Herbert magic right there. The only thing with Brian Flores is, I feel like for Brian Flores, he has to go somewhere. Where the quarterback's not an issue, so that's a fair point. Because like, so to me, I feel like Minnesota makes sense because Kirk Cousins is already established there. The and only issue is like, they just got done with the defensive guy. Do they go out and get another one? And then the Broncos, I feel like, makes sense. But again, like you need a guy need who's going to work with your quarterback. But here's the thing: I think if Brian Flores goes to the Broncos. I think Aaron Rod- I think Aaron it makes Rodgers it even more attractive. Because everyone knows in the league that Brian Flores is a good coach. Like, really quality coach. But, so, if and he's definitely better than Vic Fangio. 
that hundred percent better. I want to find odds on. Okay, so as the last time they updated the betting odds of where Aaron Rodgers was, so when when they when the whole thing was where was Aaron Rodgers going to go for game one of twenty twenty one, number one was Green Bay Packers, obviously. Number two, Denver Broncos. Yeah. Which honestly makes a lot of sense. They have a really good roster, two really good two running good backs, backs, good squad of receivers. Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Jerry and, uh, Judy, Jerry Judy, so, and then also what's on the what's the other boy's name? Cortland Sutton. Exactly, that's another good receiver. So Denver Broncos, it, like if Brian Flores, if if they were somehow able to like tamper that out and figure out how to get both of them there, I honestly think like you get pretty close to making the Denver Broncos like. The favorite. Super Bowl no, contenders. because the thing is, take away Aaron Rodgers from and Devo- we'll take out Devontae Adams too because I I feel like if wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, Devontae Adams would be dumb not or to go. Or even if he doesn't go there, Devontae's not staying without. Yeah, him. he's not staying without him. It, but if you take away Aaron Rodgers, that's the same exact team. Exactly. Maybe I'd give the nod to Denver because they've got I mean Chubb is elite. Their secondary is. Amazing. There's they got Pro Bowlers everywhere in that secondary, and they've got a good culture as well, just like Green Bay's got. That's true. So that would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I okay. would love no. I would love Aaron Rodgers to come to the Colts. Well, I, let's just talk about the Colts oh and then what ha- what went wrong and where are we going with oh the Colts? My gosh. First off, I'll be I'll be honest. When we announced that we were going to get Carson Wentz. I had mixed feelings, but I was leaning towards excited because of what Frank Reich could do with Carson Wentz. I trusted Frank Reich a lot. And up until... Better than Chuck Pagano. Oh, gosh. Don't even get me started. Better than... Yeah, oh, gosh. Um, up until that Raiders game, I thought it could work. I didn't love it, but I thought it could... I thought we could get to the playoffs and even win a couple... Like, yep. maybe even win two games. But... So, Chris Ballard... Listen to this. Chris Ballard, like, I love him. there's a lot of GMs and like guys in ownership that you feel like they're just talking out of their left cheek. Yeah, exactly. But like when if you listen, you gotta listen to the way Chris Ballard said this because reading the quote does not yeah. do it justice. Yeah, so so listen, so listen, so I'll just read it for you. He said talking about Philip Rivers, he said when we made the decision after Philip Rivers retired and we made the decision to move to move on Carson at the time of the decision, at the time of the decision, listen to that. We felt good about it, and I still don't regret the decision at the time, okay? And then he said, sitting here today, just so y'all know, I won't make a comment on who is going to be here next year and who is not going to be here next year. That's not fair to any player. And then he also said, listen to this, I'd like to quit band-aiding it. I'd like for Carson to be the long-term answer or find someone who will be here for the next 10 to 12 years. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. I can dream about it, wish about it, do everything I can to figure out the solution, but you do the best with what you can do at the time. So what that says to me, Carson Wentz is out. I mean, he literally said, I'd I'd like to quit band-aiding it, meaning Carson Wentz is nothing more than a band-aid. A placeholder for another quarterback. I mean, That's my take on it. He did not pan out. I think the Eagles robbed us. They got... Went to the playoffs, got a first and a third from us. Grant, they're still paying Carson Wentz, which thank goodness they are because they're if, paying the if, salary. Yeah, they're paying the salary. Thank goodness. But my word, he it was the biggest disappointment of the year, and I think Indy does not have an option. They have to move on from him, or else 
will be the laughing stock of the league. Which is crazy because you almost feel like they tried to solve this issue when they brought in Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason, and obviously neither one of those guys panned out. Yeah. And then Carson Wentz, like you basically got stuck with him because honestly, ever since Andrew Luck left, we've been. We just feel like you've been holding tryouts for it's quarterback. It's been Jacoby Brissett, and and the thing is, Philip Rivers was decent. Yeah, he was. Old Philip Rivers got us to guess what we were like eleven and five. And you almost could have, like, you were we, a couple plays from going and to the And we were a Rodrigo Blankenship field goal away from going to the AFC Championship game. My boy. So, I'm saying that if Phillip Rivers, old Phillip Rivers can take us there, if we get a Russell Wilson, or if we get even a Jimmy Garoppolo, or we, oh my god, if we got Aaron Rodgers, oh, I mean, oh my, that's a bad man, in the words of Papa Stephen A. But, if we got, we're, we're the favorite. I have to say that. Okay, let's see who's a free free agent quarterbacks coming up this year that are significant. There's actually kind of a lot, to be honest. Let's hear him. Okay, so Big Ben, but he's retiring. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you don't want him. No. Andy Dalton. Okay, so my question is, um, I what's also... the game that we were playing the other day when we were driving in your car and we made a list of what? Was it guys we'd take over Carson Wentz? Guys, oh, I've, I've got it. Bring me that list because I want to see that. We played a game of who would I take over Carson Wentz. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Baker was debatably on that list. I, no, I think he was. I He definitely was. Let me see. So, yeah, let's play this game of who okay, would we here rather we go. take over Carson Wentz. So, <laughs> um, these, these are like just as good, if not better. Jared Goff. Maybe. that That's a maybe. Let me pull up. Let's see what Jared Goff's stats were this I year. Think, because I'm pretty sure they weren't bad. No, they weren't bad. Jared now, Goff. stats sometimes don't tell the whole story. Because Carson Wentz had actually decent stats this year. But. Jared Goff had only had eight picks. That's not bad. No, it's not. Because most of the guys, a lot of the guys in the quarterback, or in the playoffs, are it's double digits. Double digit, yeah. And the thing is, Carson Wentz had, I think it was seven or eight picks as well. But so Jared Goff was twenty touchdowns to eight interceptions. That's not bad. Nope. That's two point two point three. Well, sixty seven percent completion percentage, which is five percent higher. But the thing is, sixty seven is a lot different than sixty two. Is what Carson Wentz said. That's not good. Like that's really not very good. I don't understand how Carson Wentz only threw seven picks. You know what? Because our run game was so elite. I guess that's true. Like, so elite. Yeah, that's fair. And he would also give away a lot of fumbles. So you got to, with him, you got to take in, he was just one or two fumbles, but he gave away a lot of fumbles. All right, who else is on the list of so guys we, got we might Baker take? Baker Mayfield. Honestly, I that's take, close, I, I take but a healthy Baker Mayfield, I take him. Because a healthy he's Baker a good Mayfield leader. is still more established than Carson Wentz. Yep, 100%. Jimmy G, 100% oh, would easily. take him. Easily. That's easy. I would, Matt Ryan. Yeah. I take oh, Matt. Oh, yeah. And then I, I might take this. I don't know Tua. Maybe I'm not taking Tua over Carson. Right. I don't think so. Um, Jameis Winston, I'm taking him talent wise, and he played. De- like he had the Saints in position to like a depleted Saints team. Like they were not playing bad. No, now, Sean Payne's a good coach, but yeah, I take Jameis Winston. Um, I don't. I had. Um, uh, I put personally. I think Zach Wilson in the long run, I think if you put him on the Colts, I think talent-wise and trajectory, I think he's got... Because Carson Wentz topped out in 2017. Oh, yeah. I mean, that like, literally, his, he topped out pretty much his rookie yeah. year. So, i take Kirk Cousins over him. Yeah. i take Derek Carr over him. Which is so crazy to me. Again, 27 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. 
like th- this is one of those cases where people say numbers never numbers never lie. They, Here they lie they to lie. you because all they had to do was beat the Raiders and the or Jaguars. or the Jaguars. They didn't even have to beat both of them. They just, just had to win one. one, and they couldn't do it to get like, into we the playoffs. Like, the ability that you could have to rest the last week of the playoffs, like most team, most wild card teams, they got to scrap that win their last game yep. to get in. Colts, all you had to do is beat the depleted Raiders team, which yep. we should have beat. But Carson, Carson Wentz do it. again gets outdueled. And when you have a team that is this elite, because the they they led the league in Pro Bowls, on yeah, the team. and all pros as well. We were tied for first in all. How many? Three, how many? Three All Pros. How many Pro Bowlers? Six. Six, or it was either six or seven. Yeah. So when you have a team that's that elite, it's almost like uh, they, like they were talking the other day about how when Ed O. When Coach O was at LSU, like he had to win the national champion. That was their year because of the squad that yeah, they had. Yeah, if he didn't, yeah. And this was Georgia's weird year. Like they had to win it this year because of the squad that they had. Like when you have a squad like this, you that have the to have, win. You have to because you have this collection that's all. And this is the other thing that you were talking about earlier. You brought up the point. The Colts are what in cap space? We are seventh lowest. In meaning that we have the, the seventh, seventh most cap space. Like, do we understand what that means? The like a team like the Giants have the seventh least cap space. We have the seventh most, and we have the most Pro Bowls. That is absurdity. Chris Ballard, that's good GM. That tells me you're a businessman. Like you know how to spend, yeah. how to allocate your money. I'll allocate money. Because the one thing, one of the things I've been saying for five ever. Is that paying Ezekiel Elliott was one of the dumbest things oh, that the Cowboys Amari ever Cooper. did? Paying Le'Veon Bell was stupid. I told everybody that it was going to be dumb. You don't pay guys More like really. You don't like look. Look at the Colts. We can say what they what we want about the offense. Yes, they have T. Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, and Paris Campbell at receiver. Not that great, but like. Think about it. Like they probably, if they have a different quarterback, they have basically the same team they had last With year. A different quarterback. Yeah, that's a. We're probably winning the division. Yeah, no, we're, you are winning the division, because, especially if D hands out. Yeah, we're, like we're winning the division. We're possibly the two or the three seed, and we're winning the first round of the playoffs. Go mm-hmm. going to the division round easily. And like for you to be able to be that good, spending that little money should tell the rest of. It's almost like like Moneyball, like that movie yeah, where he was like, Moneyball. "We can be just as good with less money." You don't have to pay for a washed Ezekiel Elliott. You don't have to overpay for a washed Le'Veon Bell. You don't have to overpay for an Antonio Brown. Like you really, if you're smart and you know talent, which the Colts obviously no do. I mean, we oh wait, we hit on our draft exactly. Picks. We, oh, like look, look, could you pay the first rounder we got this year? He was not bad. Yeah, like he was probably the first one that I think wasn't a an amazing pick. Like not he was a, a good. Run. He wasn't a home run. He was a base hit. He was a good piece. He's a starting D end in the league, but the last, I mean, um, uh, two years ago, you want to know what our, um, uh, our first two rounds was? Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor. That's, that's a god tier draft. Like, yeah. like, Bill Belichick hasn't hit on that many draft picks. Basically, the entire, entire time, time he's been play, coaching Since the Patriots. Since they got Tom Brady in the seventh round. Exactly, and that was a that was a whiff Whoa. that happened to work out. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, the Colts know how to allocate money so well. And it just it just blows my mind. It's mm-hmm. like, look, people, like you don't have to overpay for these no, guys. You don't. And we have like that's the thing, like we don't over like it'd be one thing if we had a bunch of decent guys, but we have the most pro bowlers in the league. Like that means that means a lot. And you like, have the most pro bowlers and you have guys that are willing 
to not take up all of your money, yeah, which is got, also super important. We've got a, like culture wise, India is has an amazing culture. Yep. Darius Leonard, great leader. Jonathan Taylor, that boy is probably one of the like in India. He's got I think he's building like he's got already a shelter and he's only been there a year and a half. He's got a, a homeless shelter there. He also like Jonathan Taylor. That is a like a leader of men. Like that he went he got accepted to. Harvard, Yale, and Columbia. Smart kid. Smart kid. Good kid. And he chose, He wanted to play football. He said, I'm going to go to Wisconsin. And... Speaking of Wisconsin, though, the only... Because to me, I think it's hard to say a star quarterback's going to go to Indianapolis. Like, just hard. Like, yeah, unless you draft is. the guy. Like, let's be honest. If you didn't draft Peyton Manning and you didn't draft Andrew, Andrew Luck, Luck, they probably coming. weren't coming. Yeah. But you drafted him and it worked out. So, we draft well on quarterbacks. Exactly. We draft, like... No one gets two generational talents. Like, we it, went from Peyton Manning, we were one year of, like, uh, what's going on, and then next year, Andrew Luck. To me, Andrew Luck and Calvin Johnson are, like, basically in the same class. Like, it's probably so, one of the greatest of all time at their position, but just didn't play long enough. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, I mean, in Indy, he's beloved. He oh, is yeah. uh, beloved. When he came back to Indy for the college football playoff, I mean, my phone was blown up. All my, some of my buddies were at the game. It was, I love Andrew Luck. Everywhere, like he is beloved, and he is. I wish him the best. He looked really skinny. If you looked at the, he at looks the, sick. Yeah, he I, looks like he has leukemia. Yeah, so I'm. I I wish him the best. We love you in Indy. So, gosh, Andrew. Okay, so Colts. Like I believe in Chris Ballard. I believe he knows exactly what he's yeah, doing. So I'm not going to tell him too. how to do his job. So then, before we finish up, we have playoffs coming up starting tomorrow or today, depending on when you're hearing this. So. So I just just right off the top, because you and I disagree on this. Who has like the most pressure going into tomorrow? Look, pressure wise, pressure wise, I agree with you that Matt Stafford. If he doesn't win this game, he's his legacy is is shot, and like he would have to come back next year. Yes. And, but the thing is, he's proven himself that he's a he's an elite starting quarterback in the NFL. I think that. The quarterback that this is the biggest game for, that's it's different than pressure, is Jalen Hurts because of what he has to gain from this. Because if Jalen Hurts goes out there and plays well within the system, doesn't turn the ball over, if he goes for 200 yards or over and 60 to 70 rushing yards and manages the game well, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like, how can the Eagles not keep him? And he's so cheap. Oh my word! Oh yeah, so it's on a rookie deal. And really, like the, with what they're paying Carson Wentz, still like they really don't have another option. No, I think Jalen Hurts has the most to gain, and also technically the most to lose because if he loses this game, I don't think they go back to him. You don't think so? No. I I genuinely think, or they at least look for somebody else. But if he wins this game, why would they look for somebody else? Oh well, that's definitely true. Like they would not even think about looking at somebody. I else. I just feel like like. It's all about you either exceed expectations or you sink beneath them. Yeah. And to me, I feel like Jalen Hurts, all things considered this year, has exceeded expectations. He has, but you do have to look at who they've played. They are 0-6 against the teams in the playoffs right That's now. fair. Which, look, the Eagles, he doesn't He doesn't exactly have a squad. No. Okay? But he is 0-6 against playoff teams. So he needs a, like a statement win, like beating the Giants and the Washington football team. Like that's nice. Beating the Buccaneers. Be, beating the buck, beating the goat. 
But I will say, Matt Stafford, I hope he wins. I'm a personally a Matt Stafford fan. I know you've got a chub for Matt Stafford, the Georgia boy. But that's because he's the last decent quarterback yeah, we had. Yeah, that's true. Stetson Bennett, the GOAT. Stetson Bennett will get drafted to the NFL. Mm-hmm. He'll lead a team to the Super Bowl. Okay, so right now Tampa Bay is an 8.5-point favorite yeah. against the well, Eagles. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm saying he. this is the biggest game for him. But the weird thing is, if you look at like the last three to five years... The wild card rounds have been crazy. A lot of upsets. Yeah, that's fact. And, but I feel like every year we're like, oh, well, this isn't the year. And then every year, that's the year. So you have yeah. to look at I like, mean, look somebody at the, has to. Somebody, I mean, look, was it the Rams a couple last year or two years ago? They were wild card, make it Got to Got blasted. Yeah. Bla- they blasted the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. That pick six by Jalen Ramsey off the yeah. first screen of the game. So anything can really happen. I think this week's going to be interesting. I think the only. Game that I really think is gonna be a runaway. It's probably Chief Steelers. That's the only game I think is gonna be a runaway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything else, I think will be a battle. You tell me if you agree or disagree with this statement, because I feel like we agree. Number one person who's under pressure right now is Matt Stafford, because to this point we've given him the benefit of the doubt because we because said, he is talented. Yes. he does have the talent, and we've said, oh well, the Lions kind of screwed you over, so we'll see what you have yeah. when you're in a controlled environment. Exactly. So then. But but if he loses and he loses in tor- terrible fashion with the offense that he has with the receiving core that he has, then we say, okay, now you get to prove yourself to us because we already gave you the benefit of the doubt yeah. and you let us down. My proposal is quarterback under the second most pressure. Hear me out on this. I think it's Kyler Murray because we look at Cliff Kingsbury and we look at Kyler and we say like this, like. A lot of people like consider this to be a home run, but if we're being fair, like they haven't won a first round playoff game together ever. Yeah, did they? They didn't even make the playoffs last exactly. Year. Like, they were, this is the thing: they're hot at the beginning, and then they sputter out once people. And I'll give them this: DeAndre Hopkins was out, but you still have a good offense. You yeah. still have pieces. Like you have a probably overall better receiving core than someone like Denver or Indy or Philadelphia. Yep. All like all teams who are. Like good teams. Yep. And so, yeah, I, I I could agree with that. And they've got good defense. Like they have. Like what's they've the got excuse? They've got Chandler Jones, Buddha Baker. They've got boys. JJ Watt is JJ practicing this back. week. So, I I could see that. I think that a, another quarterback that has pressure is Jimmy G. I might. Yeah, because one of the 49ers really do. Because if they lose, if they lose in the first round, even though they made it to the playoffs, Jimmy G is out of a job, which I wouldn't mind because I'd like him. He'd be a good candidate in Indy as well. But, but here's the thing: if they win, what do you do? You just drafted. You just gave up a decent amount of capital for the third overall pick, and you pick up Trey Lance, who talent-wise could be the next Lamar Jackson with a amazing arm. I mean, yeah. that's basically... That's upside, that's what he is. He has a lot of upside. He just Lamar, super Lamar, Lamar Jackson mixed with Josh Allen. Yeah, fair. Like, that's literally his upside. He has probably the most upside of any quarterback in that draft. Yeah. But he also probably has the lowest downside. Yeah. Coming from an FCS school, didn't play, play like one game last year. Yep. Like, it was a gamble. So do you trade him or do you just keep him in case Trey Lance doesn't work out. That's kind of what I wonder. Like uh, To me, I almost feel like the 49ers are in a lose-lose situation, even if they win, because you basically, like, 
you sold out when you went to go get Trey Lance. Like you told Jimmy G, hey dude, like your time here is up. Yeah, it's coming to an end. But yeah. what happens if he starts playing well? Because then you get yourself in this weird position where you say, okay, well, we could trade Trey Lance, but if we do that, then we basically go back on everything we thought we believed a year ago. Yeah. And then that means we're going to keep Jimmy and, G. And can you really get a lot for Trey Lance? No That's one's seen the other him play. Thing. Exactly. Like, you're not going to get the, like, obviously, they're, they're not probably not going to get a pick for him, but are you going to be able to get someone of the caliber of a top five pick no or a player of that caliber yeah, you're not getting you're a not, lot back which is wasted like that's a wasted pick if they yeah. trade him it's hard i said keep jimmy g like legitimately keep jimmy g and play trey lance and jimmy g is your backup plan i kind of think yeah at this and point, also you that'd have be a to. good for trey lance i think jimmy g's a pretty decent dude yeah and he took it well he took it on the chin yeah he really did he's like, not aaron Rodgers. exactly like, what that's I was a, thinking. he's not a drama queen even like he's a Beautiful man, but he's not a drama queen. Yep. So I, I say keep Jimmy Garoppolo and just start Trey Lance next year. And if even if it gets some games are bad, just keep playing him. And you have to, like, yeah. because if he turns out, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. Because he would fit that offense really well he would, if he works the way he's supposed to. If he works the way, oh my word. That's Lamar Jackson with an amazing arm. Because, I mean, if you look like he has a cannon, and he's accurate with the football. I feel like nobody gives Kyle Shanahan the credit that he deserves. Oh, Him and John Lynch are probably the best, like, duo. combo together in the NFL. They're a duo. They're, like, like top five, like, top three GM head coach coaching jobs. I'd say those two are probably number one. Then I'd say probably Bill Belichick just as himself just because he's such a good Coach and GM as well, and then maybe Indy, even though what they did, like I yeah. say, maybe even Frank Indy. Reich and Chris Ballard are good. Because what I've heard is the reason people aren't taking people aren't super excited about the Dolphins' job, and the reason people aren't excited about the Jaguars' job is because the Dolphins' job, the GM basically just does whatever yeah, he wants, that's what I heard and well. the coach just shows up, and the players like the They're food's there. there on the table. You and don't you even just, get to order anything. And the deal with the Jaguars is. The owner just does whatever the heck he yeah. wants, and you Shot just roll yeah. with it. And so the reason I think that you got you got to work lockstep. And the reason that exactly that's why the 49ers work so well is because uh, Shanahan and John Lynch are literally just like on the same yeah, vibration. Yeah, they're on the same vibration. I agree, hundred percent. They have they're they are a, another good roster. Yeah, they're oh, basically super good. A, like basically a quarter if they can. Maybe figure out their DBs. Yeah, that's that's what I'd say is the glaring weakness. But besides that, Jimmy G is a competent quarterback. Like he's shown that. Yep. But if they can get a a big time free agent, oh my! Like this year of quarterback free agent, this might be the biggest year in the last five to ten years. Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks. because there's a lot of quarterbacks and there's a lot of teams that are basically a quarterback away from being elite, from yep. being favorites. I mean, like. Broncos, and at like Broncos, Forty um, Niners, like just to name a couple, and so. Okay, I'm gonna give you just to finish out. I'm gonna give you all six wild card round games this weekend, okay. and you you just tell me who's winning and why. Okay, okay. first one Raiders Bengals. I think Bengals win that. I think Raiders secondary is not mm-hmm. built for that. If Max Cro- if if Crosby can get to Joe Burrow. 
and put hits on him, I think they got a chance. And if Derek Carr plays almost perfect, I think they, they have a chance. But I've, my money's on Bengals. I think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, too good. If you look at Max Crosby, the every single game after... So they went to four overtime games this year. Yeah. After every single one of their overtime games, that was the worst performance their defense had. Yeah. Because they're just so gassed. gassed. I mean, exactly. Max, I mean, Crosby, he was like 80-something snaps. That he played in. That's a, yep. for a big boy. That's a lot. Like a mm-hmm. DB, you can get away with that because they're not on run plays half the time. They're not even playing. Exactly. So then, okay, then you have Eagles Buccaneers. I really the underdog in me wants to say the Eagles. I think the Bucks take it. I would. Li- I think that has a possibility. I think it'll be a close closer game than a lot of people. Like think. Like almost similar to the Washington. To the Wash- game I think last it'll be year. almost. Identical to the Washington game last year. Tom Brady, I think he's just too much for the Eagles in the end, and I think Gronk has a big game. Steelers, Chiefs, blowout Chiefs. I don't even. We don't even talk about that. Not even close. Patriots, Bills. I think this will probably be the second most interesting game this weekend. Um, With the just, first one being which one? No, we'll, we'll get. Okay, to okay, that. okay. We'll, okay. we'll get to that in a second. I think, I think it's the second most interesting matchup. I think the Bills pull it out because Mac, like they already. Ran the ball so much against them once, and really, if you take out that sixty-four yard touchdown run by Damian Harris, they like they really didn't do a ton in that mm-hmm. game. And Mac Jones is trending down. Like I think he's still going to start next year, obviously, but he's not playing he's average. Well. He's, like let's not get it misconstrued yeah, that because the average. Patriots are playing good, that he is also elevated. No, he is an average quarterback, and he legitimately he's a pea shooter. Yeah, like he's a he is a pea shooter. And so, it, like, if they had Tredavious White, the Bills did, uh, it wouldn't even be close. Yep. Because they, they, they've got a pea shooter, and they don't really have anyone that can challenge you deep. Nobody. Yep. they got a bunch of secondary, like, sec- number two receivers. 49ers-Cowboys. I think this is the most interesting game of the week. Interesting. I think, be- I like, pe- the people have been saying that the 49ers are the scariest team, and I agree. I think the matchup is really bad. I People have been talking about the pass rush. Of the Cowboys, but that is per- one. Trent Williams back, maybe the best left tackle yep. in the league. Yep, like legitimately, maybe the best left tackle. So yep. he's back. That'll neutralize whichever one of those boys they put on the left side. And the thing is, Cowboys. So two stats here. One, the Cowboys gave up the most explosive plays, run game and pass game of anyone in the league. Okay, most. Guess who had the second most explosive plays running, rushing, and passing in the league? 49ers. 49ers. That's nuts. So, bad matchup there. And also, I'm going to say this. I think Kittle is big in blo- in sealing the edges. Because that's oh, yeah. a, that like Kittle's big time in that. He loves the hit. He loves the hit. And I think, he, um, I think he's big over the middle. And I think they're going to run the ball because they are power. And really, the Cowboys... They don't have a great run defense. No. Like, they do not have a legitimate run defense. They're turnover-based and give up a lot of explosive plays. Okay, last one of the weekend. Monday night, 6-15, Mountain Time. Cardinals-Rams, the hopeful second coming of Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I, I think this game... I don't want to jinx it because I really want Matt Stafford to win. I think... The Rams are too much for the Cardinals. I think they have too much star power for the Cardinals to handle. And I think the absence of D-Hop is just too hard for them to overcome. I think they win. I'll say... I, I think it's going to be a shootout of some sorts. I think it'll be maybe... 
I could see like a 35-28 or a 35-24. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Right now, it's looking like the Rams might be down both of their safeties, Taylor Rapp and... Really? All right, for the, oh, Jordan Fuller both, might both be out for this game. I didn't know and that. And the linebackers, the last... Like, they have good DBs. The linebackers, ever since Von Miller showed up, they the middle of that well. defense has been wide yeah. I didn't open. know that. I, that might change... I still think the Rams win. I, I think, do too, I think but the I Cardinals think it's a off- shootout. I, I, th- I think it is as well. I think the Cardinals' offense, here's the thing. I think them in the red zone, they have not been good since D-Hop is out. So I think I think Rams win. People, that is your wild card weekend. We will be back next week. I hope you enjoy the weekend as much as we do because I'm so excited. We have, mm-hmm. Dude, we have football on Saturday. We have football on Sunday, Sunday and two and games Monday. on Monday. Yeah. So it's going to be a really good weekend. Y'all have a good weekend. Cheers.